We'd like to thank Farnham for sponsoring this episode of The Ride. Admit it, bugs suck. They're the last thing you want hanging around your horse and stable. Our friends at Farnham can help rid your barn of those annoying, filthy, disease-carrying bad guys. If you're ready for the best way to protect your horse, your stable, and yourself, look to Farnham's no-fly solution. The people over at Farnham have discovered the best way to set yourself up for success is by fighting on all fronts. With their three-stage approach of block, repel, reduce, you can be sure flies, mosquitoes, and ticks are kept away. Go to Farnham.com, that's F-A-R-N-A-M.com to learn more and download a free copy of the Horse Owner's Guide to Creating Your Own No-Fly Zone. Plus, you can find money-saving offers to help get you on your way to a fly-free zone. Farnham, your partner in fly control. again to Farnham for sponsoring this episode of The Ride. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on another episode of The Ride. Right now it's just me, Jillian, introducing our guest to you today because at the time of recording this, Horse and Rider is getting ready to send their fall issue to print. So Nicole is super busy getting the little last minute details finished up there. But y'all, the fall issue is going to be so good and I am so honored to have been a part of it. This is, you know, my first issue with the magazine since I've only been here about three months now. So it was just really great seeing how hard Nicole and everyone at the magazine works to, you know, put out this this incredible magazine for you guys. So look for that in a few weeks. But let's talk about E.B. Combs, who is a multiple world champion horsemanship rider who has kind of transitioned into a career in the horse industry but it's almost the opposite of the horse show world that she got her start in so she runs a photography studio in denver with her husband called realm denver but the real reason we had her on the show was to talk about this new venture that she and her friend and business partner amy morrison have started called the Ranchlands restorative retreat E.B. and Amy are hosting their second annual retreat at the Ranchlands in Colorado this May. And if you aren't familiar with the Ranchlands, because I definitely wasn't, I am from Florida, as y'all know, so I haven't really been out to Colorado. But when I saw the pictures of the Ranchlands, I was blown away. They are a group of ranches out west that are real working cattle ranches, but a huge part of their business is promoting the conservation of the ranch lands with, you know, innovation and sustainability that also supports the American ranchers. So it sounds like an incredible experience that EB and Amy are offering. It's really the chance to just go out and unplug from the stress of your normal day-to-day life and reconnect with yourself in the ranch lands while learning some really great techniques for stress relief with breathing and yoga and things like that that will just help keep you grounded and focused once you return back to your normal life outside of the ranch lands. But obviously this retreat has a lot to do with horses, which means you get to ride through and EB even said that you can gallop through the sand dunes and other incredible parts of the ranch lands, which I don't want to spoil it because EB is going to explain 
the whole retreat during the episode, but I can't think of anything better than spending a week in the most beautiful and remote part of Colorado, riding horses all day and learning how to manage your stress and just reconnecting with yourself and your mind. So for more information and pictures of the experience, check out the website, which I've linked in the episode notes below, but it's um, at truecorehealth.com slash ranchlandsretreat2022. And like I said, y'all go look at these pictures because I can't even describe the ranch lands and the amazing landscape that's out there. So just go look at these pictures that EB has taken. She is an incredible photographer and they'll blow you away. So let's get to know EB and how she started showing horses to becoming a multiple world champion and is now hosting an equine focused restorative retreat in Colorado. Let's get into it. guys and welcome back to another episode today we are sitting down with Evie Combs who I actually I've known you since I was like 12 years old so it's like really exciting to have you on the podcast and talk about things that not aren't necessarily about showing horses because that's how we met but uh, you have kind of extended your career past the show horse industry and have started to do some other really fun things within uh, horses so Thank you for coming on the podcast and why don't you kind of explain who you are and what you do and all that fun stuff for anybody who hasn't uh, gotten the chance to know you yet. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on this. I grew up riding and showed in quarter horses in the all around events um, and I'm now a and I'm now a photographer up here in Denver, Colorado um, I've been up here for about eight years shooting and kind of building a life here with my husband, Jonathan. We have a fleet of animals in our household, always have. Um, I'm a big animal lover, so that's kind of the scope of my life right now. It's so funny to me that, you know, you're we're both living in Denver now, yet we've like, we're doing this over like zoom and we haven't seen each other in years uh so we need to change that first of all but yeah no I, the the reason that we decided to have you on the podcast is that you're kind of involved in a really new cool event that is something that you're really passionate about and it's something that's totally opposite from the horse show world which we'll definitely get into here in a second but do you and, and we'll definitely talk about this event a little further down in the podcast but do you want to briefly explain what you're doing like within this retreat that you've helped create yeah this is something that i've kind of stumbled into um ranchlands is this kind of experience at different ranches one specifically just south of the great sand dunes in colorado um, it's Zapata Ranch, and you can actually go and stay at the ranch. You, like, eat their incredible food. It's all-inclusive. And then every day you're meeting a wrangler who you ride with. It's just your group and the wrangler. And you go out on and ride on one of their three different locations. It's incredible environments. It's nothing like any kind of riding that I had done before, mostly because it's not in an arena, and it's also not nose to tail. You're pretty much encouraged to spread out across these, like, thousands of acres of ranch lands or even the sand dunes and just like open up the horses and it's it's just like wildly intoxicating and super foreign to me like I didn't realize that people like my age grew up 
you know, like ranching still. Like I thought this was like a movie moment, like cinematic, not something that like people had actually created like a lifestyle and like lived their life doing that. It's just like wholly natural and familiar to them. Isn't that wild after coming from like the all around and the show performance stuff. And I know that especially out here in Colorado, uh, I'm sure you can agree to that. Like, I feel like the ranching heritage and the cowboy lifestyle is so much and you're from texas so obviously that's you know your idea of that kind of stuff growing up it's probably a little skewed from mine which i'm from chicago so that's like a totally different thing and um but like out here like you really do learn that these people live on these huge ranches and they're working ranches and cattle drives are a necessity they're not just a tourist thing that you do at a guest ranch and um, I learned a lot about that too, just like joining into like kind of starting my life into like the cow horse industry where like a lot of these guys show these horses, but then those horses are also loping 10 miles checking fence line in their free time, you know, like they're, they're like high end horses, show horses, but they still work. They don't get bubble wrapped and put in a stall and, you know, have all this stuff on them, slinkies, blankets, like they're usually turned out in a pasture and they're working. <laughs> Yeah, like, it blows our mind. We're like, wait, can we not brush the horses? And they're like, nah, we don't, like, we don't do, we're like, we can't bathe them. We're not going to, like, wrap their legs, and they don't wear shoes. Like, what's happening? We don't understand this, but they're just, like, such hardy horses, and they're good. Like, they, the Wranglers, like, pair you with a horse that kind of matches what experience you're looking for. So, like, you might be on a hot horse. Marianne, who I found, is a paint horse, and she is who I keep going back to because I can like, um, you're not supposed to drop the reins, don't drop the reins. But I like drop the reins and I'll be like shooting on Marianne's back while we're like galloping around these beautiful places. And it's just like so fun to like see these horses, how like comfortable they are in this environment. And the main thing that we tend to try and stay aware of is that they're pack animals, right? They're gonna be like really responsive to how they're moving around as a group. But like, otherwise they're like, super happy to be in those environments where when I had taken my like show horse on a trail ride in Oregon between like circuits one time he was out of control he was like nuts like couldn't handle the like stimulation of like being outside of the arena and it's just so it's kind of interesting how like those show horses kind of respond to it like how we do it's like oh this is like this is like really different should we be nervous about like what's around the corner or like the footing of this but like these horses it's like natural environment for them and it's just like really beautiful to like settle into that and to be like oh this can this can be like not only safe but like invigorating and like healing in a way to be like riding in those environments and to kind of remove the stress and control elements of competition and just to really get to connect with like being around horses being with people who love horses who are like-minded and get to enjoy that well coming from florida I can't even imagine what it must be like out there. I mean, I've never even really been on a trail ride and anything in Florida is just flat and swampy and hot. So compared to, you know, the sand dunes out there and everything, I had no idea that Colorado even had that. I mean, that just must be such an amazing experience. I'm really, really jealous, actually. Uh, yeah, Jillian hasn't actually ever experienced Colorado and she's going to come out here in a couple weeks so that we can do some team bonding and, uh, we're definitely taking her on some trail rides. So she will, she will be part of the exciting, uh, you know, trail riding adventures here in Colorado here soon. Yeah, I'm excited. 
All right. So anyway, we've talked a little bit about the retreat, but let's go back to the beginning because you have been involved in horses your entire life. I know that uh, you showed a lot as a kid, as a youth, because you and I showed together a lot. Um, but how did you even get involved with horses to begin with? I, when I was little, probably like four years old, we kind of did like the buffet style of activities and sports, like anything from like piano lessons to gymnastics to ballet, which I hid my leotard under the couch cushions because I really <laughs> didn't want to go. Um, but I kind of tried everything. And then when my parents were like, she, she's not like connecting with anything, like we're not going to force anything on this kid. And she's not loving any of these things. And then one of their next door neighbors was like, you should go to this lady, Paula Phillips and get her some lessons with horses. And they were like, okay, like my dad and my brother were golfers. Like this was like, not a space that they were really familiar with. Um, and my mom's originally from Dallas, so city slicker is how she would describe herself um, originally. And so we started riding. I would go out every Wednesday and ride. And it turned out that any day it wasn't Wednesday and I didn't get to go ride. I was usually in tears. So that was a pretty obvious, like, connect the dots there. Um, and I started just, like, riding casually. And it was pretty soon that we were just competing because it was like low key county shows just like around there wasn't anything fancy. Um, but I loved it more than anything. And I like, I showed dogs for a hot second too. Um, and so that was a part of us getting to have our own dogs was we had to like teach them and train them obedience. So we actually had to go to like shows and like actually get them titled, which was really fun. But it was clear, like working with animals and getting to compete was like really like it was my lifeblood practically. But it wasn't, again, like nothing fancy until my barn like went to, I think it was the paint world. And I saw like an actual world show from the stands perspective. And I was like, done. I was like, this is where I want to be. Like, I want to be doing this. I don't know how to get here. And I just like, I need to be a part of this world. So we actually started showing paint horses and quarter horses. We had a double registered Palomino, um, Palomino paint that we could go quarters and to the paint horse association. So we did that for a while. And then I ended up just like leaning heavily into quarters. And that's kind of how I got more, more into competing. I would imagine being located in, in the part of Texas that you were in definitely made it easier to kind of you know, get involved with that lifestyle because there are so many barns over there and so many events. I think at like a local level, a regional level, a, a, a national level, you know, there's so much going on in that part of Texas and, and going to, you know, being able to go to Fort Worth and see the paint world. And, you know, at the time, the I think the quarter horse world was probably still there, the youth world anyway. Um, and so, yeah, that would definitely, you know, my my way into it was a little different. Whereas we just kind of like fell into it. I didn't ever see a world show until I was at the world show competing. Like it was just, you know, it's, it's, I can't imagine that. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so like that literally, like I I definitely knew about it, you know, from the barn that I was in, you know, there, they had more than, you know, enough people going to the world show year and year again. And you, before I even went, but like, yeah, we never, we never went until it was, time to go so yeah it's just like crazy how you know you that's how you got involved whereas like I was just like oh I guess I'm going to a world show this year I don't know what that means but we're going (laughs) like 
My yeah, sister, I... she trains a lot of youth kids and they're before she like lets them go and compete. Usually she's always like, you need to go out like for a year and just like watch it and experience so that when you get there, it's not so overwhelming and you know what to expect. And it's amazing how much of a difference that makes for the kids that are just show up and are like, Oh my gosh, what's going on. Then the ones that have actually like seen the pressure and, and understand how big of a show it is. Yeah. To, I think I was probably like nine years old and I was like sitting in the stands watching, I think it was the horsemanship finals and it was like the last girl out there. And I was like, it has to be me. I have to do it. Like I have to do this. Like, this is my goal. This is my mission from like nine years old. I was like, this is where I'm headed. I'm going to go for it. And my parents were like, okay, we're going to try and figure this out. This is like a whole different level of this ball game. Like, we'll see if we can figure something out. But yeah, I was obsessed from that moment on. But it is really different. Like, when you're told to sit there in the stands and you can't go back to the barn and like get on a horse and you're like stuck in the stands, that like energy of like, what do I do with this like kind of anxious energy around like wanting to be out there? So I think that definitely made a difference for me. Um, first of all, it sounds like you manifested your entire career at the age of nine because you <laughs> ended up being the only person in that arena, like several times. I can't even count how many times you beat me. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel that with the sitting in the stands part and just like having, you're just like, I want to do something. I want to be part of it. I want to like, I want to, you know, I, I, that's me my entire adult life now that I'm working for a magazine and I'm at all these horse shows and I'm like, I just want to be out there. I just want to do this. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just that's sitting how there I taking am. photos or writing. And I'm just like, I just want to, I just want to go to a barn and ride a horse and just be productive. Yeah, yeah. It's like even going to some of the shows and like working with Kelly's kids when I wasn't writing, that's how I kind of like got back into showing for a minute there was like going and I'm like not writing and I'm like, this is terrible. I, why am I here and not on a horse? Like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I travel all over with my sister. You know, I went to the paint world this year and Pinto world and I go to every horse show with them and it's almost like, it's so hard just being there and not like, I feel useless. I'm just like, what am I doing here? I need to go show. And my horse is pretty green still. And I'm like, Avery, like, I, I need to show. And she's like, well, unless you can buy, like, a finished horse, it's not going to happen right now. And which, obviously, that's why I have a green horse. But um, it's just, like, it's so hard just going there and watching rather than being a part of it. So you eventually get involved with the national competition of the quarter horse stuff. And you've had quite a few phenomenal horses throughout your career um you know were there any specific horses that really made an impact on you as a rider I mean I specifically remember seeing you and Riley compete you know my entire youth career and that was you know such an iconic you guys were such an iconic duo that that's kind of like the first horse that I think of when I think of you but I know you've had so many nice horses since then so Riley was like, hands down, like the horse who's made the biggest impact in my life. I think I was around like 14 when we got him and I showed him, I think till I was 21 and he was just like this big, beautiful bay, like crazy hair, like just, he was a whole mood and like both. So John, John and Jill Briggs were my trainers when I was riding him and John and I like loved this horse, but he was like he was always playing games with us always had us on our toes it was like every single ride when I got to a horse show I would like get on his back to go just like do the initial ride which we expected was gonna be like a little bit of fireworks because every time he would try to unhorse me 
um, and throw me off at the beginning of every show. And every trainer in that arena knew that. And it wasn't like normally you would look and see somebody who's like out of control and you'd be like, "Uh oh, let's go get someone. We got to get her off this horse. But everyone like understood like this was like a part of his mojo was just like trying to like mess with me. Um, and when he was on, he was like incredible. It was like the most fun to ride, but he was one of the most challenging horses. And I think that's kind of like what made me the rider I ended up becoming. So I like, yeah, he was difficult and I loved him in all of it. Like it was all so good. And then I think like the other side of that coin is like getting to ride my mom's horse, Stanley, let's be radical was just like super healing because he was like a puppy he's a puppy dog like he's the most trustworthy horse and to get to like ride and compete on a horse that you can expect what you got in the warm-up pin is exactly what you get in the show pin is just kind of it was unheard of to me so like getting to experience that with him and then with chip the roan horse that i rode viesco star was like it was just like kind of healing and unsettling at the same time to be like oh this is kind of predictable that's cool like i can like lean into and push buttons and like I won't get like something unexpected or like they won't kick out randomly on like a gallop circle. So that's great. <laughs> oh my God. So I ended up buying a horse out of a pasture when I became an amateur and that was kind of my way of staying in the horse industry. And um, he was so ornery and it was kind of the same thing. Like I would be literally on my hind legs in the warm up pen leaping and rearing and the minute he would step foot in the show pen he would be on because he loved attention and i swear he would go on his hind legs and leap around and act like an idiot because he wanted attention so it was it was yeah he was always testing me and again the same thing like even though i had shown and, and i had done very well with horses before him he was definitely the horse that taught me to like mount up and ride and, and be a rider and not just be a passenger and uh, actually, John Briggs was nice enough to at the world show with him. He was nice enough. It was like the pattern where you had like a judge on each side or something. So I was getting help from Brad Kearns and and John was in the arena at the time. So he was nice enough to stand as my judge. And my horse was I would have to practice in a lunge line because he would just randomly go up in the air and start rearing. And he figured out that if he would flip my lead rope around, he could twist it in his leg and start running. So oh my I would gosh. have to practice with a lunge line because he learned that if he could twist the lead rope around by his leg, it could get away from me. Oh my God. He was such a mess of a horse. I promise this is not good behavior. Don't take advice from me. He was, that was just his personality. And I just remember John was like, if you get a trophy, I want to be in your picture. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, I know we did not get a trophy. <laughs> we were seventh. <laughs> yeah. I think those, those are like the most important horses. The ones that make you work for it. They make the ones that are so dependable and easy. It makes it feel so much better because you feel like you kind of earned it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we need seasons of that. Like sometimes you need to be pushed, but sometimes you just need to like show up and just like get what you expect and, you know, get to go have a margarita after. That's great. <laughs> That's fun too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm thankful. I showed in a cow horse event last year and I didn't own the horse but the people that owned him was nice enough to let me show just so I could kind of like see if I wanted to do it and they're like he's quirky you know he's he'll he'll get cow fresh he'll do this and like quite honestly he was the most reliable horse I've ever shown and I was like when I asked for something he did it and like I'm not like sometimes when I'd ask for stuff with my old horse he would be like no nah, not today <laughs> so I was like it was really nice being on a horse where you could ask for something and you knew that they were just gonna be like okay like sounds good 
Yeah. That was really cool. Okay. So you, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Riley. We talked about Chip, but didn't you, I, I'm like just remembering this. You showed your mom's horse for a, a minute. And did you, did you win on him too? So I, Riley had a career ending injury. I was, I think I was a junior in college at the time and I was competing at the world show. I had actually finished all of my prelims, qualified for all of my finals and something was like wrong when we were practicing it of course at like 1am in the coliseum in oklahoma and i just like knew like something was wrong in his front feet and so we like took him to the vet first thing in the morning i had finals that day and we kind of like iced him and then we were putting him on the lunge line and he of course like reverses and bucks and like i forget what he ended up doing but it that was like the moment when he like hurt himself permanently and we like left the world show had to withdraw from like all the finals and from that moment it was kind of like the natural like time for me to withdraw from competition like I had lost my like partner and I was in the process of beginning my senior year in school so it was like my natural transition to kind of step away from competing for a while um so I did and like for the next four years or so I would like go to a show with my mom sometimes I was kind of helping her finished Stanley and the horsemanship like he was such a good boy but he was just kind of needed those polished elements so we did those things I am graduated college I moved up to Colorado and had been here for a little bit um, and at that point like my mom had chosen to send her horse up to Kelly McDowell in Franktown um, so she started riding with Kelly and then you know there were horses an hour away and I was meeting this new trainer which was easily the most awkward interaction I have it was like not okay it's Kelly Mc, I'm gonna like compare this to a first date because it's like you're going to meet this person who you're like but it's Kelly McDowell and like it's not a first date sorry Marnie but like he was like there and like showing me around and it was he's a great friend now but like I was like where are the brushes like I know all of these things but this isn't the barn I've ever ridden in so I like don't know where how we do things here and he's like showing me all the wind pictures in the barn and like pointing out all these riders and it was hilarious um and definitely got the awkward out of the way and now I know how dry and hilarious Kelly is um but it was just like great to have a barn like an hour away get to like get to go and kind of like hang out with my mom ride some horses they were quickly putting me on all of the horses in the barn and I was like meeting the kids and they were great and also babies back then um but yeah it was just like really great to be back in a writing environment and that's where I kind of you know ended up at some Colorado shows and we were kind of throwing me back on Stanley and then you know as I was finishing him in the horsemanship for my mom I got qualified accidentally and then we were like that's funny let's go to the world show and it was the first time I had actually showed to John Briggs before in my entire life which was also torturous um, but yeah, it worked out and we ended up, you know, after having a hiatus from the world show, ever since we left with Riley that day, I ended up winning the horsemanship, which was the most unexpected thing, I think in my entire career. I vaguely remember that like story and it was probably cause I saw it on social media or, or somebody wrote an article about it or whatever it was. But I mean, to be able to take a horse that you've shown probably the amount of times you could count on one hand um and then go to a world show against and you're by no means a new competitor you know how the world show works how you know how to prepare one for it but to compete against 
horses and, and riders who have been showing at every major horse show for the last, you know, five years with their horse or, or whatever, you know, they hadn't missed a, a big horse show in that amount of years. And to, to take one that you're like, I showed locally a couple of times and I accidentally got qualified and, you know, but why not? Like, you know, what, like, what's the worst that can happen? And, you know, to, to take home the win on that, that's, that's, that says a lot about your ability as a rider, which is huge. I do think it has a, like, that says a lot about, like, how stars just have to freaking align in a finals for you to, you know, be able to pull that off. And it definitely did in an exceptional way for me that day. Well, and showing, you know, when you're showing against a judge that you've worked with or that you know, it, it seems like it should make it easier, but it just adds so much more pressure. It makes it so much harder. Um, so that, that was probably very very stressful for you <laughs> yeah and John actually placed me the lowest out of all of the judges <laughs> I think he was oh. like I'm sorry I was also stressed <laughs> yeah well I mean you know he's gonna judge you the hardest because he knows I mean he knows when you're your your best and you know I you know it, it happens I've, I've been in those shoes not at the world show but you know showing to your old horse trainer is very intimidating. I couldn't imagine in a world show final. <laughs> yeah, I hope. I think mine was like a, I think mine was like a, little, a local Missouri show, and I was still like, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah, the stakes were way too high. Human being. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, y'all, th- so much stress. Like, I get stressed when I compete. Like, hands down. Like, I ugh, just like so much bodily, physical anxiety. But showing to him, that was like the precipice of like the worst experience of my life. <laughs> but it worked out. So that's great. Okay. So you've shown your mom's horse. You won a world show title there. You had Chip afterward. But then you kind of, uh, you, you sold your last one. And then you kind of made the switch from showing horses to just being a person and not being part of the horse industry, which like I can relate to that because I sold my horse and when I moved to Colorado, I was like, I'm done with the horses. It's the only thing I've ever known and done. And I was ready to like kind of branch out and do something new. Now I'm the managing editor of a horse magazine. So that worked out <laughs> very, very well. Um, but you you kind of took a step away a little bit to kind of, you know, work on other projects. You, you're a photographer. You and your husband do a lot of, you know, photography, videography, all sorts of fun stuff. You know, what what made you decide to to end your career temporarily to to focus on other things? Yeah, I mean, showing Chip was like incredible. It was getting to work with a young horse and finishing him. And I loved being a part of that process. I had always wanted to do that, but it was never opportune when you're like in a limited career of number of years as a youth, you don't really get that option necessarily. So it was fun to do that. But at a certain point, I was like, okay, I love to be all in on everything. Like I've loved being all in as a youth competitor, as an amateur, it doesn't really fit for me. Like I have other things going on in my life that I really want to show up for. And I've like really explored the horse world. I've like hit my goals repeatedly. I think it's time for me to step away from this. Um, So that was kind of when that occurred. I still like go and ride with Kelly, which has been great, but I just started shooting more. Jonathan and I traveled quite a bit. And then we actually opened up a photo studio and venue called Realm here in Denver. So that like takes a ton of our time, um, which was especially interesting to have a physical business during COVID. Um, that was like crisis management 101. Um, and yeah, I, I think just because I can't be all in with something that I always, that, that was my relationship with it. 
is that it's kind of looked different for me and to like step away and just like the I guess to some degree the like sparkle around competition has kind of um settled for me a bit and it's just kind of returned to the fundamentals around spending time with people who love horses and spending time like with horses like just being in the presence of horses like I was telling someone the other day when they watched one of our Ranchlands videos and they were like wow horses are incredible and I was like yeah I don't even know why we took the time to come up with unicorns because like horses are good as is like they are so majestic and like so hilarious like they have such bold personalities yeah I think just returning to that has been just truly like a quieting of my soul when you know we talked about like these anxious elements and stressful elements around competition and I love getting to remove that with my relationship towards horses as well um so what brought you to Colorado from from Texas Right when we got engaged, I actually was on a trajectory to move up to Colorado. And so we kind of put that on the back burner, ended up getting married in Texas and staying there for about a year. And Jonathan was also um, really passionate about moving up here. And so we ended up doing that as a couple. Um, So we came up and have been up here for a little over eight years now, I think. Um, And it's just been like our home base, like being outside so frequently, getting to go up to the mountains, just like a little bit slower than the DFW lifestyle that we were in, I think has just been really good. It's been a fit for us. Yeah. yeah. I lived in um, Fort Worth for a little bit. So um, it's to me, I loved it there and like would easily move there in a heartbeat if I could. But um, I, I've never been to Colorado, but I feel like for someone that, you know, with the photography and, and being all of that, that's like the place to be. So yeah, I I still love Fort Worth to this day, but we were like at the time we were wedding photographers and getting to shoot weddings up here was just like absurd and like, you know, shooting with adventurous couples and going out for engagement shoots on like these eight hour hikes that, you know, you're also getting to like see beautiful things while you do it and getting to like be active was just like really intoxicating to us. Yeah, I bet. No, it's amazing. It's definitely the outdoor lifestyle is what attracted me as well. My partner, he's from Steamboat. So he was like, I want to move to Colorado. And I was like, I don't want to stay in Oklahoma. So that sounds good. So um, yeah, I was like, Colorado sounds great. Uh, Oklahoma, too many tornadoes. (laughs) Yeah, it's really like, we actually had a couple of tornado warnings the first summer we moved up here. And I was like, no, no, no. I've left and like, no, but no one took them seriously. They were like, we're too close to the hills. It'll be fine. It's the airport. But I was like in, I had literally everyone, all of our animals in the bathroom the first two times. And then I was like, okay, I think we're going to be okay. And I don't think we've had a tornado warning since that summer. No. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's, that's why I was like, Colorado sounds great. I'm done with tornadoes and I'm not going to live in the part of Colorado that has tornadoes. So yeah, um, don't go east. So anyway, <laughs> don't go east. So anyway, photography, you've talked a little bit about it. You own a studio. Uh, you're obviously very involved with it. But you recently started doing uh, the photos for this retreat and doing a lot of equine photography and in, in a different sense of all the equine photographers who do portrait stuff, which is great, too. I do that on the side. And um, But the stuff you're doing, you're on a horse taking photos while you're kind of exploring and doing adventures and all that fun stuff. And I've done that. And it is. There is something so much fun about shooting photos off of the back of a horse while you are getting to explore. Yeah, it 
it's really great and it helps to be in like smaller groups where they're like totally fine for just for me to stop we're actually going back to like game plan for next year's retreat later this fall um our retreats in may and we're going end of september to ride for just a couple of days amy and i and we'll kind of like you know strategize exactly how we want to do the retreat and fine tune it for next year and during those days I get there's like one day where we've agreed that like I get to have created a license I'm bringing like a tripod because I'm going to get off and we're going to shoot a couple video clips because I learned you can't necessarily shoot slow-mo video horseback like the focal points and everything like it's a little too chaotic but like shooting photo on horseback and just kind of like running and gunning is like incredible in those environments like it just feels silly to like be able to put all of those pieces together in that setting it's insanely beautiful and like the way that the weather changes even if it's like hard weather one day it shoots beautifully I can only imagine do you have a drone are you shooting anything with a drone I we do have a drone Jonathan's technically the drone pilot operator we've He's talked certified. about yeah we've talked about him coming out there and shooting some because I would just love some drone footage of it I've there's been a few different um, videographers out at Ranchlands who have shot even like the cattle moving from overhead and like cows bodies from overhead are like ridiculous. They're like so goofy, but like cool. And I just like love seeing that perspective. The drones give us just like such a really different angle and like distance from an environment that I think is so captivating. That was like my when I was going crazy in quarantine last year, I was like, you know, what sounds like a good idea buying a drone. So I bought a very expensive drone and I like, I have to get certified now and all this fun stuff that comes with owning a drone. And uh, yeah, it's, it's cool though. Like I was just like, why not? Yeah. They're really cool. Jonathan, unfortunately flew his into a tree in Guanella pass one time and had to get that it repaired. Is- so I suggest avoiding the trees. That's like my worst nightmare, and which is why I don't use it as much as I should. Because I'm like, this thing was so expensive. I don't want it to break. Yeah, I would say get it insured and then just go fly it. You'll be fine. Definitely insured. Uh, but anyway, uh, so let, you've talked a little bit about this event. Let's, I mean, we can, you know, kind of wrap up. We've had you on the phone for an hour now. Um, so you, you've talked a little bit about, you know, how you guys came up with it. Uh, can you talk a little bit about where people can find more info, uh, what dates they're happening in May, how people can, you know, sign up, what they can look forward to if they do sign up, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I'll give you a little background. So Amy and I had wanted to go to Ranch Lands for like a number of years, finally made it out there last fall. Um, in 2020, I think for everyone had been a really hard year. And this was like an opportunity to go do this like outdoor experience where everyone has like their private room. It's all social distance outdoors. So we went, we were like, you know what? We've wanted to go. This has been a rough year. I lost like a number of family members last year. So it was just like, I I needed a win. (laughs) Um, So we went down there and it was just the most like restorative like week with her um, just like out riding. Amy's background is barrels. Mine is like, you know, glitzy show clothes horses um so just like two very different backgrounds that we'd intersected each other in denver she's a counselor a licensed therapist Um, she's also an xbt master coach which xbt is laird hamilton and gabby reese's um like performance athlete brand so it's a lot about breath work connection how we like become better athletes and connecting through like our nervous system as well so that's where amy's like expertise 
really dials in for this restorative retreat is she actually leads the guided restoration portions of it. So it's breath work. It's like, you know, kind of yoga style movement, which honestly feels like incredible after you've been on a horse for four, four to six hours in a day to just get to like get on a mat and kind of like work those kinks out those little like more tension spots. Um, so Amy and I were out there and we were just kind of like spending a week for pleasure. And we kind of came home after that completely like reset. And it allowed me to connect with like riding in this most fundamental capacity of just like being with horses without a goal, without a mission, <laughs> without trying to shape their bodies. Like I walked up to the arena on the first day and I had my spurs on and they were like, oh, you can't ride the horses with your spurs. And I was like, I can't tell you the last time I rode a horse without spurs. It was probably because I was getting like disciplined for overusing my spurs and had to like work on my calf muscles. I was like, are you sure I can't have spurs? And so I literally had to leave them in my car which was great. Like the horses are like so cool. They will like open up and pick up. You don't have to kick them like you would need to a less slow, lazy show horse. Um, but yeah, it was just this incredible experience. The riding was unlike anything I had ever experienced before. So Amy and I kind of got home and just simmered on it without like an intention to necessarily do something. And then I like woke up and was like, we have, we have to share this with other people. Like what if we took this inherently restorative environment and we leveled it up? Like we added these pieces because I had attended a number of her breath work workshops about teaching her around your nervous system and how to kind of shape that. And I just knew that that work was really powerful. And I was like, this is the perfect environment to do that in because you can get people out of the their like busy lives and get them to settle down prioritize like spending time for pleasure riding eating incredible food and just being able to send them home pretty much with the secret weapon of these tools that they can learn how to regulate you know their stress and anxiety that we're interacting with on a daily basis in a much more powerful way you know that breathing like breathing techniques they're not only good for relaxation and stress relief and and just overall meditation but i'm actually i i just got done editing a trail riding article and like one of the main points was remembering to breathe and so like having that in your toolbox is huge because you can apply it to the horses without even realizing it yeah i i remember like showing as a youth and if I were like ever about to enter the arena, you know, right there at the gate, if my body got tense, guess who was like guaranteed to be a total hot mess in the arena? My horse, like every time, like I had to learn how to even, even if I was faking it, I knew how to, I had to like settle my seat, like quiet my body, do like specific things like bedding his neck or something just to help him understand that I was at peace, even if I was faking it again. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just interesting to learn like from a truly scientific based research, like how we can connect with our bodies in this like tangible way to shape our life's experience. Cause like earlier this June, we had a lot coming up on the work pipeline and I was like seeing this panic attack coming for me. Like it was moments away and I like got out of the shower and I just like lay down on the bed and started doing these like long extended box, box breath like practices that Amy has taught me and I like completely detoured around this panic attack that I would have otherwise been like totally a victim to and I was like okay it's not it's none of this like crazy 
crazy. It's not woohoo. Yeah, it's not woohoo. It's real. Like, this is real. It actually impacts us. And, like, even when I first got exposed to, like, Amy's breath work was right when I was starting to work with some of Kelly's kids. So, like, Clay and Natalia, I was kind of, like, mentoring them and coaching them through the world show. And it was, I think, Natalia's last year in youth, and she really wanted to win the horsemanship. And she just could not, like, settle herself down before she went in to do her finals pattern. And I like, we, she wasn't on checks yet. And we did like a detour down a barn alley. And I just started guiding her through these like breath movements. And she was totally able to like settle herself down, get on her horse, go warm up, go knock out her pattern. And she got the trophy. And I was like, yep, that's powerful. That matters. It's small, it's nuanced. And it's again, like that secret weapon that we're equipping people with that I love that part of it. I feel like you hear a lot of trainers saying like, remember to breathe and that's like it's such an important thing because like you were saying when you're tense and stressed and not breathing like your horse is carrying that too and it's amazing how much of a difference it makes I went from a horse that was like strictly hunt seat that's pretty much all we did and then I got a horse that was like phenomenal at the trail and I had never done trail before and so it was like I was so tense and not breathing and freaking it was it was bad and then I just like before every class my trainers would look at me just go breathe and I would breathe before I like left the start cone and and it made all the difference in the world because because they feel everything that you feel yeah for sure it's wild how much that they take from that and I've like I love the idea of this retreat for like active competitors right now because like being able to take that back home like one getting the opportunity to just ride for pleasure without the strings attached like I was talking about and how healing that can be just like returning to that fundamental love. And then two, actually getting these tangible tools that if you've ever had overheard someone, like I, I can't tell you how many trainers I've heard be like, she would have done so great. She just, the nerves got the best of her. Even if you aren't just like repeatedly having your nerves get in the way, there are going to be days that are just more stressful that we just wake up and our bodies are more keyed up and being able to have ways to, uh, you know, pivot in that you know, because those are going to happen on days when it's the finals and you needed the resources to be able to tap into every possible tool you could have to set yourself up for success. There's so much out of our control when we're competing, right? These are judged events. We're on thousand pound animals who have minds of their own that if we can have every bit of resource possible to set our own selves up for success, to be like the best writer and the best showman that we can be like, why not? No, I think that's huge. We've actually even done interviews with um, a guy who is a mental coach and, and um, he's he's a former reigning trainer. He actually lives in Israel. So uh, he would come over to the States and do like full on clinics about like mentally preparing for when you're riding and, and specifically, you know, showing and doing reigning. And uh, yeah, it was fascinating to talk about because even the most, you know, decorated competitors who you would think are, you know, so accomplished and you know, what, what do they have to get nervous about? They've won everything. They've done everything. You know, they're, they're human. They're going to get nervous just like everybody else. And um, yeah, it was fascinating to talk with him about that stuff. So I've, I've really kind of been in tune with, with the mental aspect of it, because essentially horse showing is, you know, just as much mental as it is physical. And, um, you know, I, I do boxing now, so I get hit in the head. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, kind of the same in the sense that it's really about mentally, you know, 
being able to read your opponent or, you know, your horse or your cow or whatever it is you're having to read and, you know, and be able to react before it happens. And so it's definitely, it, it's mental. It really is. And, and if you're not breathing, and if you're not thinking, and if your nerves are getting in the way, it's hard to, to be, you know, on the ball and, and prepared and ready for anything that's coming your way. So I think yeah. it's huge. Okay. The retreat you can actually get to on Amy's website, True Core Health. And we'll drop it. Um, Nicole, can you drop that in the notes for the podcast? Yep. Great. Um, and that'll kind of give you an overview and also an idea of the photos again, because I'm taking photos of the entire retreat. So all of our attendees are being sent home with a gallery of the entire experience. So not only is it in the moment, absolutely beautiful, but like after the fact, you get the actual images and of us being out there writing to remember remember the experience by and I just love like I'll be kind of going through my rhythms like busy with work or whatever and I'll see a snapshot of us out at the ranch and it just like immediately takes me back there it is such this like tactile and like heavy on the senses experience that it just I loved having the images for it as well and then like each day of the retreat it's four nights it's five days and you're staying in your own private room with your private bathroom and all of the meals are cooked by Chase, the resident chef. And they're incredible. Like we typically say, you might be coming for the horses, but expect to stay for the food. Like the food is where it's at Ranch Lands, which is, I think, unexpected for everyone. I can't tell you how, how many of the attendees, like we had told them all how incredible it was, but it was them being there every day, all of the meals just being blown away. It's like locally sourced, like responsible meats, all of that good stuff. So it is absolutely delicious. So each morning we're starting with breath work, um, kind of connecting with that nervous system, seeing where everyone's at that morning. Then we're headed to breakfast before we go out to ride with our Wranglers. And we'll actually be in smaller groups for the retreat, probably like anywhere from two to four riders with a Wrangler. Um, and that will kind of create this curated riding experience. I'm going to connect with each one of our attendees to make sure we understand what kind of like pace they want to be riding at, um, how much they want to be moving out or kind of like back on their heels, kind of just cruising for the day. Um, so that'll be a really curated riding experience. Um, and we actually stop for lunch on the ride, which is like packed. We have like some saddlebags where you can bring your things with you. And it's rather gorgeous to like tie up your horses out and these thousands of acres and like just sitting on a log eating your fancy lunch. So when we get back from riding, we'll kind of take a break and everybody heads back. We pretty much do like a shower, a reset on the dust situation. Um, and then we all meet up for guided movement that Amy leads as well. Um, and that kind of helps you manage any of those like sore points that you got from riding and also helps connect the dots of like that breath work that we did, feeling how it impacted your riding experience for the day, and then getting to incorporate those smaller approaches to movement with the breath as well. And then we had to dinner all together. Um, we also have some surprises that I can't quite give away yet that are going to be incorporated next year that are um, exceptionally beautiful and involve horses and cocktails. Love it. No, I think that sounds so much fun. I've, um, I've been really fortunate on behalf of the magazine. I've gone to a few different guest ranches, um, for events, uh, different events. And, uh, it's, it's so much fun. You bond with people who you've never met and, uh, you know, everybody, there are people at these kinds of things that, 
go with friends, but a lot of the time people come by themselves because they just want to like get away and they want to, you know, at the places I've gone to anyway, they've wanted to like live the cowgirl life for a week because some of them live in New York City or LA or, you know, and, and some of them ride, some of them don't. They just want to be a cowgirl for the day. And um, I think it's it's so much fun. And, and the tying in of the yoga and the and the movement and the breath work is a really great way to kind of you know, there's so much adrenaline and there's so much that goes with the horses that it's kind of nice to be able to reel it in and, and kind of regroup yourself before going on to the next activity. And so it sounds like, it it sounds like it's going to be great. And, and the photography aspect, I wish that like when I went to these guest ranches, that there was a photographer there to, to share these photos and memories with. And, you know, a lot of the times the Wranglers are so sweet and they'll take photos with your phone and, and this and that, but you know, the, the photography that EB has done that I've seen is stunning. So you're going to get some stunning images that are going to be part of your memories for the rest of your life. And, and, and it's an experience that you're, you know, you don't get to experience every day. Yeah, I would say this is a once in a lifetime experience, but we have people who came to our first retreat this year who are already signed up for next year. So they're, they're coming back for it. <laughs> um, so if that doesn't say anything about it, I mean, that's huge. And two of the girls, they came by themselves. Um, they actually rode from the airport together, though, because they were on a similar itinerary. And they were just like immediate fast friends, right? So like coming by yourself. But I mean, you're gonna have things in common with the people who are there, like, right? I mean, nature, horses, food relaxation and it's just beautiful right because you get to like come you're getting plugged in you're remote as can be and we're pretty much guiding you through that so you get like we're gonna send you a packing list it's pretty much like cruise control once you're there it's if you can show up to it it's gonna be like incredibly impactful for your life in the moment for that experience and then how you get to take that home with you as well no it's huge uh it sounds so much fun congratulations on the journey. I know that's been a really big project for you and it's kind of your baby and, and, you know, putting all that love into it and seeing it, you know, come together and and be, you know, there and and functioning and and all that stuff that goes into the planning of it. So that's huge. We're so excited to see it. And hopefully we can maybe talk you into like covering it while you're there (laughs) and maybe doing some social media coverage for us so that we can experience the gorgeous sand dunes like everybody else but uh, you know it sounds like it's going to be so much fun so thank you thank you thank you for coming on here and talking about you know not only what you're doing now but your whole horse life you you have such an inspiring inspiring story and you know you've done so much in the show pen but also outside of it which you know I think is huge because it's kind of seems like it's either one or the other you know people either gravitate to the show pen or they don't and it's great when we can talk to somebody that's seen both sides of it and enjoys both sides of it. So thank you so much for coming on and and talking with us. tuning into the ride podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts follow horse and rider magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com if you guys have any questions or comments please be sure to hit us up at horse and rider at equine we want to hear from you guys
And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.